Part three of Four Hymns by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. In Hymn of Heavenly Love. Note. See the sixth canto of the third book of the Fairy Queen, especially the second and the thirty-second stanzas, which, with his hymns of heavenly love and heavenly beauty, are evident proofs of Spencer's attachment to the Platonic school. Wharton. Return to text. Love, lift me up upon thy golden wings from this base world unto thy heaven's height, where I may see those admirable things which there thou workest by thy sovereign might, far above the feeble reach of earthly sight, that I thereof an heavenly hymn may sing unto the God of love, high heaven's king. Many lewd lays, ah, woe is me the more, in praise of that mad fit which fools call love, I have in the heat of youth made heretofore, that in late wits did loose affection move. But all those follies now I do reprove, and turned have the tenor of my string, the heavenly praises of true love to sing. And ye that want with greedy vain desire to read my fault, and wondering at my flame to warm yourselves at my wide sparkling fire, sith now that heat is quenched, quench my blame, and in her ashes shroud my dying shame, for who my passed follies now pursues, begins his own, and my old fault renews. Before this world's great frame, in which all things are now contained, found any being place, ere flitting time could wag his eyes wings about that mighty bound which doth embrace the rolling spheres and parts their hours by space that high eternal power which now doth move in all these things moved in itself by love it loved itself because itself was fair for fair is loved and of itself begot like to itself his eldest son and heir eternal, pure, and void of sinful blot, the firstling of his joy, in whom no jot of love's dislike or pride was to be found, whom he therefore with equal honour crowned. With him he reigned, before all time prescribed, in endless glory and immortal might, together with that third from them derived, most wise, most holy, most almighty sprite whose kingdom's throne no thoughts of earthly white can comprehend, much less my trembling verse with equal words can hope it to rehearse. Yet, O most blessed spirit, pure lamp of light, eternal spring of grace and wisdom true, vouchsafe to shed upon my barren sprite some little drop of thy celestial dew, that may my rhymes with sweet infuse imbrue, and give me words equal unto my thought, to tell the marvels by thy mercy wrought. Yet, being pregnant still with powerful grace and full of fruitful love, that loves to get things like himself and to enlarge his race, his second brood, though not of power so great, yet full of beauty, next he did beget, an infinite increase of angels bright, all glistering glorious in their maker's light. To them, the heaven's illimitable height, not this round heaven which we from hence behold, adorned with thousand lamps of burning light, and with ten thousand gems of shining gold, he gave as their inheritance to hold, 
that they might serve him in eternal bliss and be partakers of those joys of his. There they, in their trinal triplicities about him, wait. Note, verse 64, trinal triplicities. See the Fairy Queen, Book 1, Canto 12, line 39, H. Return to text. There they, in their trinal triplicities about him, wait and on his will depend, either with nimble wings to cut the skies, when he them on his messages doth send, or on his own dread presence to attend, where they behold the glory of his light, and carol hymns of love both day and night. Both day and night is under them all one, for he his beams doth under them extend, that darkness there appeareth never none, nay hath their day, nor hath their bliss an end, but there their termless time in pleasure spend, nay ever should their happiness decay, had not they dared their lord to disobey. But pride, impatient of long resting peace, did puff them up with greedy bold ambition, that they can cast their state how to increase, above the fortune of their first condition, and sit in God's own seat without commission. The brightest angel, even the child of light, drew millions more against their God to fight. The Almighty, seeing their so bold assay, kindled the flame of his consuming ire, and with his only breath them blew away from heaven's height, to which they did aspire, to deepest hell and lake of damned fire, where they in darkness and dread horror dwell, hating the happy light from which they fell. So that next offspring of the Maker's love, next to himself in glorious degree, degendering to hate, fell from above through pride. For pride and love may ill agree, and now of sin to all ensemble be. How then can sinful flesh itself assure sith purest angels fail to be impure? But that eternal fount of love and grace, still flowing forth his goodness unto all, now seeing left a waste and empty place in his wide palace through those angels' fall, cast to supply the same and to install a new unknown colony therein, whose roots from earth's base groundwork should begin. Therefore, of clay, base, vile, and next to naught, yet formed by wondrous skill and by his might according to an heavenly pattern wrought, which he had fashioned in his wise foresight, he man did make, and breathed a living sprite into his face, most beautiful and fair, endued with wisdom's riches, heavenly, rare. Such he him made, that he resemble might himself, as mortal thing immortal could, him to be lord of every living wight, he made, by love out of his own like mould, in whom he might his mighty self behold. For love doth love the thing beloved to see, that like itself in lovely shape may be. But man, forgetful of his maker's grace, no less than angels whom he did ensue, fell from the hope of promised heavenly place into the mouth of death to sinners due, and all his offspring into thraldom threw where they for ever should in bonds remain of never dead yet ever dying pain. 
till that great lord of love which him at first made of mere love and after like it well seeing him lie like creature long accursed in that deep horror of despaired hell him wretch in duel would let no lenker dwell but cast out of that bondage to redeem and pay the price all were his debt extreme out of the bosom of eternal bliss in which he reigned with his glorious sire he down descended like a most demiss and abject thrall in flesh's frail attire that he for him might pay sin's deadly hire and him restore unto that happy state in which he stood before his hapless fate in flesh at first the guilt committed was therefore in flesh it must be satisfied nor spirit nor angel though they man surpass could make amends to god for man's misguide but only man himself who self did slide so taking flesh of sacred virgin's womb for man's dear sake he did a man become and that most blessed body which was born without all blemish or reproachful blame he freely gave to be both rent and torn of cruel hands who with despiteful shame reviling him that them most vile became at length him nailed on a gallow tree and slew the just by most unjust decree oh huge and most unspeakable impression of love's deep wound that pierced the piteous heart of that dear lord with so entire affection and sharply lancing every inner part dolors of death into his soul did dart doing him die that never it deserved to free his foes that from his hest had swerved what heart can feel least touch of so sore launch or thought can think the depth of so dear wound whose bleeding source their streams yet never staunch but still do flow and freshly still redound to heal the sores of sinful souls unsound and cleanse the guilt of that infected crime which was enrooted in all fleshly slime o blessed well of love o flower of grace o glorious morning star o lamp of light most lively image of thy father's face eternal king of glory lord of might meek lamb of god before all worlds behight note named return to text how can we thee requite for all this good or what can prize that thy most precious blood note prize price return to text yet not thou askst in lieu of all this love but love of us for guerdon of thy pain ay me what can us less than that behoove had he required life for us again had it been wrong to ask his own with gain he gave us life he restored lost then life were least that us so little cost but he our life hath left unto us free free that was thrall and blessed that was bad naught demands but that we loving be as he himself hath loved us aforehand and bound thereto with an eternal band him first to love that us so dearly bought and next our brethren to his image wrought 
him first to love great right and reason is who first to us our life and being gave and after when we fared it had amiss us wretches from the second death did save and last the food of life which now we have even he himself in his dear sacrament to feed our hungry souls unto us lent then next to love our brethren that were made of that self-mould and that self-maker's hand that we and to the same again shall fade where they shall have like heritage land however here on higher steps we stand which also were with self same price redeemed that we however of us light esteemed and were they not yet since that loving lord commanded us to love them for his sake even for his sake and for his sacred word which in his last bequest he to us spake we should them love and with their needs partake knowing that whatsoe'er to them we give we give to him by whom we all do live such mercy he by his most holy reed unto us taught and to approve it true ensampled it by his most righteous deed showing us mercy miserable crew that we the like should to the wretches shew and love our brethren thereby to approve how much himself that loved us we love then rouse thyself o earth out of thy soil in which thou wallowest like to a filthy swine and dost thy mind in dirty pleasures moil unmindful of that dearest lord of thine lift up to him thy heavy clouded eye that thou this sovereign bounty mayst behold and read through love his mercies manifold begin from first where he encradled was in simple cratch wrapped in a wad of hay between the toilful ox and humble ass and in what rags and in how base array the glory of our heavenly riches lay when him the silly shepherds came to see whom greatest princes sought on lowest knee from thence read on the story of his life his humble carriage his unfaulty ways his cankered foes his fights his toil his strife his pains his poverty his sharp essays through which he passed his miserable days offending none and doing good to all yet being maliced both by great and small and look at last how of most wretched whites he taken was betrayed and false accused how with most scornful taunts and fell despites he was reviled disgraced and foul abused how scourged how crowned how buffeted how bruised and lastly how twixt robbers crucified with bitter wounds through hands through feet and side then let thy flinty heart that feels no pain empierced be with pitiful remorse and let thy bowels bleed in every vein at sight of his most sacred heavenly course so torn and mangled with malicious force and let thy soul who sins his sorrows wrought melt into tears and groan in grieved thought with sense whereof whilst thy so softened spirit is inly touched and humbled with meek zeal through meditation of his endless merit lift up thy mind to the author of thy wheel and to his sovereign mercy to appeal learn him to love that loved thee so dear 
and in thy breast his blessed image bear with all thy heart with all thy soul and mind thou must him love and his behests embrace all other loves with which the world doth blind weak fancies and stir up affections base thou must renounce and utterly displace and give thyself unto him full and free that full and freely gave himself to thee then shalt thou feel thy spirit so possessed and ravished with devouring great desire of his dear self that shall thy feeble breast inflame with love and set thee all on fire with burning zeal through every part entire note entire inward return to text that in no earthly thing thou shalt delight but in his sweet and amiable sight thenceforth all world's desire will in thee die and all earth's glory on which men do gaze seem dirt and dross in thy pure-sighted eye compared to that celestial beauty's blaze whose glorious beams all fleshly sense doth daze with admiration of their passing light blinding the eyes and lumining the sprite then shall thy ravished soul inspired be with heavenly thoughts far above human skill and thy bright radiant eyes shall plainly see thy dee of his pure glory present still before thy face that all thy spirit shall fill with sweet enragement of celestial love kindled through sight of those fair things above end of part three of four hymns by edmund spencer recording by thomas copeland